What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast, brought to you today by two guys who really screwed up the Connor Hellebuck start uh, yesterday as he got both ends of that wraparound back-to-back. Uh, joining me today, uh, my friend and yours, Shams Benamore. Shams, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, could be better with uh, not still somehow having Riddick on my uh, roster. I would have dropped him, but Connecty got injured, so he's that error still surviving in my memory. <laughs> yeah, well, I got excited about the possibility that Riddick would get those two games. I couldn't grab him. Uh, otherwise, I would have had him, too. Instead, I got the clever idea to start Martin Jones against uh, a Sharks team that I felt like did not have a first line of any kind. Uh, and that didn't work out so well either. Uh, and then that blocked me once they announced that Hellebuck was starting uh, from getting that 50-save start. So... Yeah, just uh, just tough get sledding right now uh, for the short shifts boys, but that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, but anyway, if this is your first time here, uh, this is your twice-weekly check-in between the ginormous Sunday evening episodes of Keeping Carlson, designed to keep you up to date with fantasy news, takes, and analysis uh, during your week and all throughout the fantasy season. Uh, and thanks to everybody who has joined us at twitch.tv slash keeping Carlson. Uh, we try to be on around nine o'clock Eastern time, uh, on days where we record. So, uh, and you know, there are sometimes some, some alterations to that. So, uh, follow us on Twitter at short shifts KK, uh, and we'll try and do a better job of alerting you to when our Twitch stream is up and going. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, Let's get into the show here a little bit. First, just something, uh, just for fun. I noticed that 22-year-old Red Wing Ryan O'Reilly was the number two search on Frozen Tools. Obviously, ROR uh, has been, you know, a topic of of quite some interest, uh, getting much better deployment than we sort of expected, uh, lining up as the line two center for Toronto, uh, and obviously having an outstanding game here today. Uh, so we can talk about Ryan O'Reilly a little bit more here in a minute, but I wanted to ask you, Shams, uh, since Ryan O'Reilly of the Red Wings is being mistaken, and of course we have two Sebastian Ajos, we have two Matt Murrays with the Dallas goalie, uh, you know, it's it's getting a little crowded here with some of these. Do you ever get mistaken for someone else? Um, not by uh, visuals, but I kid you not, there was a time in university where I found out there was another Shams Benamore that was living in the same city as me, but... Uh, Never got the chance to meet him, so wow. we'll see what That's happens. <laughs> the mystery still lives. Yeah, that's it's not wild. even a uh, large city, so just the fact to have a Shams Benamore that, uh, let alone two. <laughs> so I've never encountered another Lewis Ezekiel, especially who spells the first name like the last name. Um, but there is an Ezekiel Lewis. Uh, no big surprise there. I think a much more. Uh, the, the reverse, I imagine, is much more common. Uh, who, like, is a rapper. You can go on YouTube and watch his videos. He's got some decent stuff. Uh, and then I teach history. So I used to teach a, a class on uh, the rise and fall of authoritarian regimes. And in doing so, we talk about... Um, uh, we talk about the Soviet Union and Julius Martov, who is the leader of the Mensheviks, is like a dead ringer for me if I wear my glasses. So uh, look up Julius Martov. There's like a picture of him like with his hair kind of swooped over with a little curl like this. You can't see because this is a, an audio medium. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's got a pretty good uh, look for me. Um, obviously today, uh, that second line just came out blazing, uh, three goals in like a three minute span, uh, four minute span against UPL and Buffalo, uh, a guy who I almost spent my fab, uh, to pick up the goalie until I sort of decided that was relatively pointless. Um, I know you started him in a cat's league, so, uh, pouring one out for you in that regard as well. 
Um, but Sheldon Keefe basically told John Tavares before moving him to the wing, he said, it's not a one-off. We're going to stay with it here. Uh, so, yeah, I think we can expect ROR to be on that that powerful second line uh, for a little bit longer here. Um, so, you know, uh, that's, a, that's a really nice landing spot for him. A lot better, I think, than we sort of uh, initially expected. Oh, yeah, 100%. I guessed that he was just going to be a third line, shut down center, doing the dirty work so Tavares and the other lines could play. But uh, now he's shown that he still has it. And also a nice little side benefit if uh, you needed any more reason to be happier with uh, Tavares. If he sticks around there long enough, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting a winger designation. And now you can fit him even better in your lineup. And that's just a nice present for the playoffs coming around. Absolutely. That would be outstanding. Get a little more roster flexibility. You love to have it. Um, all right, so we're going to run through some injuries and some outcheries. We'll talk about a couple of struggling goalies, answer a question from a patron, and wrap up with a couple hot streaks here. So we've got a great show in store for you. Uh, let's start with the injuries. A big one here in Long Island, uh, Matt Barzell out week to week. Uh, hopeful the team is that he could be back before the end of the season. Uh, that's a little more specific than the indefinitely we kind of got at first. There was a little bit of confusion over uh, what exactly his situation was. That Barzil-Horvat combo had been a nice little refresher for the Isles on offense, but uh, its moment in the sun is gone with Barzil out. Um, I guess you could say that there's a temporary boost for Simon Holmstrom. Uh, but that's not a guy I'm going to recommend, even if he's up there with Horvat and Lee. Uh, he's getting single-digit minutes most nights. He, you know, he's getting a bit of power play two exposure, but it's nothing to get excited about, especially in Long Island. I would definitely look elsewhere to replace Barzil. There's three guys we're going to talk about a little bit later on. Uh, Fabry, Mercer, or Kotkaniemi, I would all look at them as better options. Uh, I mean, almost anyone would be a better option, but those are three guys that I think are of particularly in, a particular interest uh, for folks trying to replace place Matt Barzell. Yeah, and then if you're uh, desperate for games played like me, um, the Islanders do have a nice schedule this week, so I actually went, avoided that line entirely because, well, Horvat and Lee are probably taken everywhere, but I actually went to the second line and uh, gave uh, Parise another shot because uh, Brock Nelson's still lighting it up, so you might just catch some points on the side, so we'll see how that goes going forward. You get three games this week, and then if nothing happens, Hopefully some random peripherals can kind of skate you along through three games. Definitely. All right. Uh, tell us about this. This is another big one. Uh, an injury in uh, Philadelphia, although hopefully a little bit shorter term than what we've seen from Barzal. Yeah. Travis Konechny, after having a golden assist and looking like he was getting back on track, um, ended up, I'm not sure if it's official, but people are saying it's a shoulder injury. Um, he's out today and he's in the process of heading back into Philadelphia to get further tests. So nothing right now definitive on the length. Um, there was mentioning that, uh, someone saw him with his arm in a sling after the game. So we'll have to see how things are, but, uh, it's one of those situations where hope for the best. And then basically just everyone else on the, uh, Philly team is worse. Like there was a period for six games where he was out prior. They won a grand total of one <laughs> during that span. So yeah. it's not looking good if he's out any long term. Definitely the offensive heart of the team there. So, yes, tough to see him go down, but hopefully uh, back uh, you know, relatively soon. We'll keep an eye on that one. Hopefully we can give you an update on Thursday. Um, at potential outchery, Cam Talbot uh, is uh, slated to return on Friday. 
Uh, Mad Sogard and Kevin Mandelies in relief have both been quite good. Um, but they were not going to crack a fully healthy Ottawa crease. Um, I don't know that we know necessarily which one is going to stick around uh, for backup duties. Uh, so it might be worth holding on to that guy just because, who knows, we've seen people come back and get injured again. Um, Mandalay's especially had some really outstanding uh, play against Boston, I believe. Uh, so, you know, something that's very interesting and hopefully will, hopefully will be something that we can uh, keep an eye on down the road. All right, so Shams, another big-time injury. It seems like that's all we're talking about right now is big-time injuries, but we did have something that developed in Colorado. Uh, we had this injury to Kale McCarr that uh, said it... What, I think the, the tweet says something about like it didn't involve his head yet. <laughs> uh, I, I declared it to be a zombie diagnosis uh, because, you know, it's the kind of thing where, uh, you know, we're wondering, like, okay, so what, is it, like, going to spread? But anyway, tell us what's going on with McCarr. Uh, this is obviously not great news for his owners, but luckily, uh, obviously, the, the Avs have enormous depth on the blue line. Yeah, sadly, where we were sitting at, it started with just as a it's kind of a hit on the nose from his visor, and that's what we were told, and that's why he was able to come back to the game originally. However, after the game, they did some post-tests, and now he returns to the concussion protocol. So basically... It's a set of uh, rules and whatnot that he has to follow. This is similarly what happened to him in the prior outage. So it's already been said that he is definitively out for the next two games and then no real return schedule, because especially with these head injuries, there's no um, like set pass. So it's just going to be sadly a wait and see for that. And then uh, as you alluded to, um, it's a shame that he's out, but for any team to have anyone to come back with... Uh, uh, for support, having Taves, Byram, and Gerard, who were already even doing well on their own without uh, McCarran playing, now each getting a little bit more time. It's uh, going to be one of those situations where you have to decide if you're going to make the move on their bad schedule, if you want to grab them now and make sure you have them, or wait until they actually play a game. Yeah, some really nice stats for these guys. Taves has a goal, three assists, and nine shots in the last five. Byram with two goals, three assists on ten shots. And Gerard with six assists and eight shots in those last five games. So, uh, yeah, really, really performing well. And, yes, it is uh, not maybe an ideal um, you know, schedule, certainly. But uh, if you're like me and this week is already a goner, maybe you make a move for the next one. All right, and heading over to New York, not someone we have talked about uh, as being on a cold streak uh, very much, but we got to talk about Igor Shosturkin. Five straight games now below 900 save percentage and a negative goal saved above average in each of those games. Uh, And last night, a really bad start against Winnipeg with five goals allowed on just 25 shots. Uh, That really stood out in stark contrast to Hellebuck's 50 save effort. You know, luckily for Igor, he did receive enough goal support from the Rangers offense to win the previous four games. He didn't they didn't really pay the price for his slump until last night against Winnipeg. You know, this is a tough one. Uh, There's not much you can do, obviously, if you're a Shesterkin manager. But this is something that we have seen. You know, we've been doing the show four years now. Uh, every every year, as we are in late winter and early spring, we start to see the wear and tear take its toll on some of these big-time volume goalies. Uh, Yaroslav Halak has started just 16 games this season, leaving the other 41 to Igor, so he's already played the equivalent of half a season. 
I think we may see Halak start to get a few more starts, and it will take away some of that volume that you know and love. But with luck, it'll help Igor start to get back over that 900 save percentage sort of Mendoza line, which is a number he hasn't hit since almost a month ago on January 25th. Um, so, you know, that's a tough spot for him for sure. But hopefully, uh, yeah, a little bit more rest, you know, get his head straight a bit. Let Halak get a few more games in here in the latter half of the season. Obviously, they want him to be fresh uh, for a potential playoff run. Uh, and clearly they are making moves to, you know, solidify their position as a playoff contender. Uh, one more before we head to a break here. Uh, Shams, you want to take this one? We had a question from patron Stripless Zebra. He asks, Aiden's Hill's injury, is this a concern? Should we consider him a solid option to roster until Thompson is back? Uh, we know that Bressois got the start tonight, so we'll be keeping an eye on how he performs. Thoughts on this one? I, it's uh, one of those dances of uh, with the NHL trying to find information on a person's injuries. So right now, the only thing that was really out there, and I quote, uh, Cassidy called it a little bump. So I'm not sure it, what that means exactly, but at least from the terms of it, it doesn't sound anything too serious. But um, the way I look at it is that either Hill or Bressois are not seen as like prized players. They're basically, when you remember, they had like these were actually the third and fourth because Leonard was supposed to be their starting goalie. They were never actually meant to be playing with these guys. So these are just kind of cheap players that they brought along. So just kind of take this as the chance to see if Brassois can have a good start and maybe keep it, but uh, just kind of a wait and see and see if, uh, if you have uh, Hill, keep him on your IR to see how it goes. And then if you have Brassois, maybe he uh, has a good game and can get the next, but it's really just whoever has the most starts and hope the team carries them along. But uh, I don't think either has really a pedigree to say which one's in a leader at the moment. Yeah, I'm actually carrying both of them right now in Kukupful. Not that you should try to emulate anything that I'm trying to do in Kukupful. But yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think we don't really know. Uh, I think they'll kind of go with the hot hand. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we'll get back on the other side uh, and we'll talk about uh, another goalie struggling a little bit. Some Red Wing forward drama and a couple hot streaks for you. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back. Uh, so we talked about one goalie having a bit of a tough run that we're not used to talking about that way. This guy has come up for some criticism uh, in the past for sure. So uh, Jack Campbell has been on a super bad run lately. Uh, three straight losses, uh, 14 goals against in that time, an 864 save percentage over this stretch. Uh, we do have uh, Skinner getting the start here on Tuesday night. They are down one nothing to Philadelphia, which is not uh, not exactly a feather in Skinner's cap there in this goalie battle. But, you know, this is a team that needs to win. Um, and I don't know that Campbell struggling the way that he is is necessarily the solution. I think even a decent night from Skinner uh, should be able to get him a few more starts uh, as we head forward. Not necessarily the next game even, but just a, a bigger share, I think, moving forward. Um, you know, uh, you pointed out and you mentioned this earlier um, that obviously the contract, right, <laughs> money talks. Uh, so the contract definitely will make a difference here, and Campbell will continue, you know, to get um, well, to get some opportunities. But I wonder, you know, if you're in a dogfight for the playoff battle uh, for at least rest of season here, they might not go with the hot hand. 
Oh, yeah, I'm with you. Is that uh, all sense points to Skinner? And then hopefully, because you had it before that um, injury slash um, baby uh, time off, but uh, we'll see how he comes back. Hopefully he can have the rain because you never know. They haven't been so good as a team lately. If it ends up having a bad outing here or there, it might just be a mush of just uh, goalies that you're not sure who to bring out, but keep the fingers crossed and maybe you can just take the reins and we can have some uh, normalcy of knowing who's going to start each day. Yeah, definitely. You know, at the start of the season, we talked a little bit about the idea that this was going to be a year, maybe more than most that we've seen in the past with some more tandems. And it hasn't always necessarily played out that way. Obviously, the Samsonov-Murray tandem, you know, with injuries, you know, has, hasn't really had a chance to be a true tandem. And we've seen some other people kind of take the reins in other matches. Um, but I do wonder if, you know, as we head into the the finishing stretch here, if maybe we do see, you know, just sort of reliance on whoever is playing their best uh, in the moment. I think that's going to be uh, pretty important moving forward. Uh, all right. And we are both Red Wings fans, Shams, uh, and you've got some uh, updated info about a guy that has been a very interesting topic of conversation. Jakob Verana has made it back into the lineup here against his former team. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Verana, and then we had some questions, too, about uh, Robbie Fabry and whether or how much we should be interested in him. So this is out of false alarm. He's actually playing tonight. Verana's actually playing a game. And this is good. <laughs> with the uh, tricks that we're being played under with uh, Iserman. It's nice to see him actually on the ice. Sadly, he didn't do much. I believe the game just finished as we're talking, and I believe he had maybe uh, only like two shots and a hit. So the dance is going to be is that, um, as we both know, is that the Red Wings have a bevy of forwards now. Maybe not one, well, other than Larkin, that's a pure superstar. So there's just got to be a mush of players floating around. And that scene with uh, Piranha being with uh, both Valeno and Fabry on the do you call it line two or do you call it line three line? And then also TV, play maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, on power play two as well. So was it put up at a uh, position of uh, much success, but uh, we'll see how things go because with the roulette, it was Pia Suter that ended up getting two calls today. So it's going to be one of those things where at least he's playing and maybe he ends up, uh, I think really at the point of now is that, you just hope for the best, but like if you're not playing with uh, Larkin, it's probably a roll of the dice. And sometimes you can have some nice luck. For example, uh, Fabry, even though he was on a line of his own, nowhere really to touch with uh, Larkin, was playing his own uh, Rob Thomas impersonation of having a single shot in like five straight games, but somehow getting goals and assists each game and firing off. I don't think he did much. I think he might have had even less uh, stat line than Verona did as uh, the game ends. So I think it's one of those situations where I picked up Fabry and I'll probably give him another game or two just because like he's already on my roster and I don't want to use a move. But I probably wouldn't rush to pick him up if I didn't have him unless you're in the deepest of leagues and want any hope of points. Yeah, I think especially because we may very well see um, Lucas Raymond come back on Thursday. Could be an outtree as soon as that Thursday game. Uh, that being said, you know, um, we've been looking at some of the analytics, and I think we mentioned last week the Wowie chart for uh, 
Larkin with Raymond is pretty grim. Ray, uh, Larkin is scoring much more when Raymond is off the ice, uh, or not at least teamed up with him. So I wonder, you know, I don't know if necessarily the front office is looking at that information and if that's going to have any impact on how they decide to deploy. Um, but adding another forward to the mix, you know, it's hard to imagine that it, it helps all that much. But the Wings do find themselves kind of shockingly in a potential wild card chase here uh, as some of those other teams in the East are starting to uh, really struggle. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what the Wings do and how they move forward and if they uh, if they can be effective. It could be very exciting to be uh, rooting for some spring hockey uh, for our beloved Detroit Red Wings. Let's wrap up here with just a couple of interesting hot streaks uh, and players that I think could be really interesting ads, if not necessarily for this week, uh, then for next. We're going to start with uh, Dawson Mercer. Uh, Mercer had four goals and an assist on 14 shots over the last three games, not counting Tuesday night where he scored once again. Uh, a power play goal from Miles Wood and Jack Hughes. So I don't know exactly what's going on with that one. I'm not going to read too much into that particular deployment. Mercer obviously is not going to continue to shoot at his really high conversion rate, although again, <laughs> he got another one here today. Um, but, you know, uh, he's getting lined up with Tatar and Heeshir at even strength, uh, at least as of uh, the most recent tweet from Game Day Tweets. Uh, and that power play two time is decent enough. Uh, New Jersey has a pretty standard Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday schedule this week. Uh, it is against some weak defending teams in Montreal, Philly, and, and sort of the Kings, although Montreal handled the Devils here today. Um, but next week they have Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Uh, and that is, you know, a really nice off-night schedule. Obviously, ideally, you'd love to have four games. Uh, but failing that, uh, you can't do much better than Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Also of note that Mackenzie Blackwood tweaked something. Uh, so I'm not necessarily thinking that Akira Schmid will get a start in here. Um, but, you know, uh, the the opportunity might be there, potentially, um, if, you know, Vanacek kind of struggles like he did uh, giving up five to Montreal. And then one other guy that I want to talk about who also has that lovely uh, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday schedule next week is Jesperi Kotkaniemi. He's a guy who's been on a nice run, and I believe we mentioned him maybe early last week or on Thursday the week before that when he was up with Ajo. He's lining up with Natchez and Turbo right now, but he hasn't slowed down with seven points in the last six games, uh, although he did, I believe, uh, miss out on the score sheet here on Tuesday. Uh, like Mercer, he's on a bit of a shooting binge. Uh, you know, which not a, not a shooting, like shooting the puck binge, but a conversion binge. Uh, he's only taken six shots in those six games and he's managed to get three goals. So for that reason, uh, I don't like him as much as Mercer as an option because Mercer's really shooting the puck. Uh, certainly don't expect that to continue, but he has been doing a nice job setting up his teammates. Um, so I like that from Coke Kaniemi certainly would, would rank Mercer ahead of him. Um, but with those nice schedule, especially it, interesting too, they share two common opponents, uh, during that off night schedule with Arizona and Vegas. Uh, so some interesting options. If you are looking ahead, uh, you know, I took one look at the projector for myself this week and decided I would be looking ahead in pretty short order. Uh, so I'm already planning for next week. And so those are a couple guys that I ran and scooped up because I am excited to add in their games for next week. And Shams with that, we have found ourselves at the end of yet another episode of short shifts. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Thanks for everybody in the crew. 
uh, on the Twitch stream, who has watched uh, my kids uh, come in and out, who has watched the cat drive me absolutely bananas. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that stuff. That is the behind the scenes kind of action you can get when you uh, come and join us at twitch.tv slash keeping Carlson. Uh, please give us a follow at short shifts KK. You can find Brian and Elon at keeping Carlson. Also recommend you follow at game day lines at game day goalies and at game day news NHL all organized very nicely at the site gamedaytweets.com. Please visit that site and the other great sites we use to research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, and Natural Stat Trick. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. John Reed is our digital media producer. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.